The danger of a letdown after a tremendous series against the Yankees was real. And it's exactly what happened as the Reds went into St. Louis and got swept in what became a rain-shortened two-game series. I'll discuss a couple of things that really stood out in those losses. Uh, We have also reached the all-star break, and I will give you my picks for the pitcher and the hitter of the first half. All that and more on today's Locked on Reds. Let's go. You are Locked on Reds. Your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds. Thanks for making Locked On Reds your first listen of the day. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and we are free and available on all podcasting platforms. I'm your host, Stephen Offenbaker. My co-host, Jeff Carr, he has the day off. I guess he's enjoying a little bit of an all-star break as well. Jeff and I both have a passion for baseball, and we have a passion for the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, Combined, we've been podcasting about this team for over eight seasons now, and we have taken that passion for baseball and for the Reds, and we have turned it into information for you. On today's podcast, I am going to review the two-game sweep, as it turns out, against the St. Louis Cardinals down in St. Louis. And now that we're at the All-Star break, I am going to talk about both the pitcher and the hitter of the first half, as well as a couple honorable mentions. Today's episode is brought to you by BlueNile.com. Head over to Blue Nile right now to get that special someone in your life, the perfect forever piece at BlueNile.com. Well, as I said there in the cold open, the letdown was real. The Reds uh, come off a tremendous series in New York, in the bright lights of the big city, uh, taking two of three from the Yankees, and they head into St. Louis, a division rival, and they just collapse pretty much. Uh, (laughs) They were never really in any uh, position to beat the Cardinals. Uh, They end up getting swept because uh, yesterday's game was rained out. So they dropped the game Friday and Saturday for a two game sweep against the Cardinals. You know, on Friday, Hunter Green was on the mound for the Reds. A tremendous opportunity to continue the momentum uh, carrying over from that Yankee series. And it really just didn't happen hunter green uh, on the day five innings pitch allowing five hits four earned runs he struck out six but he walked three Uh, hunter green continues to really struggle to find uh, consistency and i think that that is the thing as i've been saying all season long that is really going to allow him to start setting himself apart uh he's got to get consistent uh but he's young he's a rookie he's still learning um As I've said in previous episodes, this is really not that big a surprise for me. I did expect him to maybe be a little bit further along than he is at this point, the halfway mark through his first season. Uh, But you have to remember, he hasn't pitched a whole lot professionally. Uh, He didn't have the benefit, like Nick Lodolo, of pitching in college. Uh, His his innings were severely limited coming off of Tommy John surgery, being injured. He lost a year. You know, there's a lot of things to unpack there with Hunter Green and ultimately just the fact that he is performing on the biggest stage at the highest level and doing as well as he is this soon is really a testament to his character and his work ethic and his ability to continue to evolve. And I think that ultimately uh, those tools are going to serve him very well. He's going to just get better and better. And he will become the ace of this rotation at some point. Uh, that day's not today, but it's not going to be very long until he gets here. Uh, 
in that game on Friday, the Reds fall seven to three. It was really disappointing, especially considering the Reds jumped out to a two nothing lead in the top of the first. Uh, they didn't hold on to that lead very long. Cardinals uh, tied it up in the very first inning against Hunter Green, tied the game 2-2. Then they took a one-run lead in the second. Uh, the Reds, they continued to be scrappy. They fought back. They tied that game up in the third inning before ultimately falling behind in the fourth, and that's where they would stay uh, behind. They never would lead again in that game. Again, ultimately falling 7-3 to on Friday. Uh, for me, the game on Saturday was much more disappointing uh, because – Nicoladolo really just did not have it. Uh, after being given a one nothing lead, courtesy of a Jonathan India home run uh, in the top of the first to lead off the game, uh, Nicoladolo took the mound and was terrible. Uh, absolutely terrible. He just did not have it. He hit three batters. He walked three more. Uh, he only managed to stay in the game for two innings. He threw 60 plus pitches in those two innings, allowed five hits, five earned runs. He did strike out five, but those six free base runners between the walks and the hit batters, they really did do him in. Uh, now listen, it's not a time to panic. Things are going to be okay. These things happen, especially with rookie pitchers. Uh, he's going to have a nice little break. Now he's going to be able to review that film. He's going to be able to evaluate what it is exactly that happened. What wasn't working. He was all over the place. He did not have any command. He did not have a feel for the strike zone. Uh, he was clearly rattled. Now was that part of the heat that was going on in St. Louis in that day game? Maybe, but he's going to have to learn to pitch in those situations. So heading into the all-star break. Now he has the opportunity to, review exactly what it is that happened what he can do to improve and then get into the second half and really move forward and continue to progress i think that when he's been healthy nicoladolo has actually been probably the better of the two between him and hunter green just in being able to move forward and get better uh, between starts. So I hope that that trend continues for Nick Lodolo. I hope that he is able to evaluate exactly what happened and, and really start the second half off uh, on a good footing, be able to come out and have a nice start right out of the gate and really set the momentum for himself in the second half. Due to his time on the injured list, I think that it's going to be less likely that we'll be talking about him running out of innings or pitches or however the Reds are measuring that metric as we head into September. Uh, hopefully Lodolo is able to stay in the rotation all the way through the end of the season, given the time that he missed in the first half. Now, because he only managed to deliver two innings in that start on Saturday. Wow. <laughs> the bullpen had to do some work. They had to cover six innings and a lot of it was really not pretty. Uh, Jeff Hoffman comes into the game and he allows two earned runs in his inning of work. You know, Hoffman, still I think is a valuable member of this Reds bullpen being that he can do exactly what they ask him to do on Saturday, which was come in, try to eat a little bit of space and, uh, you know, maybe not limit the damage, but you know, not let things get out of hand. He did give up the two runs in that inning. I would have liked to seen him give up less and go longer, but it just didn't happen. However, the guy that did come in and eat up a couple innings is a surprising, uh, a surprising guy. Uh, 
you know, Hendricks was added to this team uh, that day because Dowry Moretta was placed on the COVID list and Hendricks, he delivered, he came in, he pitched two clean innings. He struck out two. He walked one in those two innings, but he didn't give up any runs. Uh, then he gave way to Reaver San Martin who delivered a scoreless inning of his own. Then comes Alexis Diaz and Jeff is super high on Alexis Diaz. I'm pretty high on Alexis Diaz. I think that, uh, as I'll talk about here coming up, uh, he has done some great things in the first half, uh, but this was not his day, much like it was not Nick Lodolo's day. Diaz comes into the game. He gives up a walk. He gives up a hit. He allows a run, and he does all of those things without recording an out. Buck Farmer comes in and finishes out an innings worth of work, allowing no runs uh, before we give way to the closer. <sighs> The closer, Hunter Strickland. One inning pitched, three hits, three earned runs, including giving up a homer. That's our closer, folks, Hunter Strickland. Listen, his time as the closer uh, for the YouTube viewers, the closer for the listeners. I'm doing air quotes there around the word closer because Hunter Strickland is no closer. I want him out of that role. I want him out of high leverage situations altogether. As a matter of fact, I'd like to see him out of this bullpen completely uh, heading into the second half. Obviously there's going to be a great shuffling of the chairs on deck. Uh, we can pretty much guarantee that unless by some miracle, the reds sign Luis Castillo to extension, which I don't see coming, but would love to see happen. Uh, they are going to trade him. It's going to cause a domino effect guys and roles will be changing. And I would like for that change to involve Hunter Strickland going someplace else, whether that's triple a Louisville or to somebody else altogether. I don't care. I don't want him eating up innings in high leverage or saved situations. Uh, I want that to go to others. Uh, and I'll talk about that coming up in just a little bit. But I know that uh, the Reds aren't going to win a lot of games in the second half. And if you put Hunter Strickland in there in a high leverage situation, I feel like at this point, when you see him come through that bullpen gate, it's pretty much a move of surrender. And I don't want to see that going forward for a team that has an opportunity to get young guys experience and build for the future. Uh, coming up, I am going to tell you who the pitcher of the first half was and how the pressure is now on Nick Kroll to get the perfect deal when the Reds trade him. And if you want to get the perfect deal on the perfect jewelry for your significant other, head to BlueNile.com right now. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. You can build the engagement ring of her dreams. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as the setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring. Each ring ends up being one of a kind designed by you. And if you're looking for fine jewelry to celebrate a special moment, but having trouble choosing, Blue Nile can help. They have jewelry experts on hand 24-7, available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And for Locked on Reds listeners, you can get $50 off a purchase of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement rings as well. All you have to do is use the promo code Locked On when you check out. That's the promo code Locked On during checkout to get $50 off your $500 or more order. Uh, every order is insured, it ships for free, and it arrives in discreet packaging that's not going to ruin the surprise. You can shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. 
Thank you for making Locked on Reds your first listen of the day. Make sure you are following the podcast on all platforms, including YouTube. If you're an audio-only listener, head over to our YouTube feed and click that subscribe button. Uh, I've got several great interviews coming that I'm not ready to tease just yet, but they are on the books, and you're really not going to want to miss them. So click that subscribe button over there so you get a new, no, new notification every time we drop some bonus content on the YouTube feed. Coming up tomorrow, Jeff is going to catch you up on last night's Major League Baseball draft, and he's also going to get you set for Luis Castillo representing the Reds out in Los Angeles in the All-Star game. He'll be repping the Reds one last time. And speaking of Castillo, Luis Castillo is my selection for best pitcher of the first half for the Cincinnati Reds. I know that's picking the low-hanging fruit. It's a pretty easy selection. Uh, In 13 games started this season, Luis Castillo has thrown 78 innings, He's posted a 2.77 ERA, striking out 82 while walking only 27. Uh, If not for the injury that he suffered uh, in spring training that delayed the start of his season, along with the wonky accelerated spring training and the the, just the weirdness that uh, surrounded the CBA negotiations, uh, I think that Luis Castillo would be in the Cy Young conversation right now. Now, I'm not saying he'd be leading that conversation, but he would definitely be amongst the names in the field heading into the second half. Now, the big question on everybody's mind is, uh, are we going to see him pitch again for the Reds? Is he going to be traded? Is there a scenario where he could possibly stay in Cincinnati? Uh, I think he probably will end up traded. I think that that's what this front office is going to have to do if they are definitely committed to moving to this Tampa-type model of trading players with about two years of team control left, bringing in more prospects, continuing the churn, and building rosters that way. If they are really committed to doing that, they're going to trade Luis Castillo. But there is a scenario where they can still do that, but keep Luis. And that involves an extension. They're going to have to pay money, big money, to keep him in Cincinnati for an extended period of time. Now, under normal circumstances, I would think that is very, 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 very far-fetched. I still think that it's far-fetched, but I do think that when you're talking about an ownership group that is looking for some kind of way to rehabilitate their image, to take some of the pressure off of them for their just absolutely ignorant, asinine comments that they made to start this season and alienate a fan base that has been loyal to them through decades of losing, uh, one way to do that would be to extend Luis Castillo. Now, I don't think that that's very likely, but I do believe, and I have been told that they have had at least internal conversations about it. I think ultimately the number for Luis Castillo is simply going to be too big. And bearing that in mind, you're looking at a a Soto for the Nationals situation. Uh, I think that any offer the Reds would make would not be big enough. Castillo would reject it. And then you've you've changed uh, the the place that the Reds are in being in a sell-high standpoint. I think right now that the Reds find themselves in a unique position that they can make a big ask as far as the team that's going to try and acquire Luis Castillo. They're going to be able to bring back a tremendous package of prospects and prospects that have a higher likelihood of panning out. These are going to be guys that are highly rated. They should be whatever team gets Luis Castillo should have to give up prospects, their top one, two, three, four ranking prospects. And, you know, Jeff has said before that whatever team acquires Luis Castillo, it should hurt them. And I agree with that. 
And I think that Nick Kroll finds himself in a position that that's what he needs to get for Luis Castillo. And anything short of that is an abject failure on his part. And, you know, I have to think that his job is probably in a little bit of jeopardy. He has to get this right. If he trades Luis Castillo and brings in a haul, if he trades a Brandon Drury type player and brings in a haul for a guy that wasn't even expected to really be a contributor, if he does those things, he might be able to keep himself around for another season and continue to build this thing and see if he can hold on to his job long term. But for Luis Castillo, uh, you absolutely have to just hit a home run for to, to use baseball terminology in that. That's just the way it has to go. Now, Luis Castillo is not the only pitcher having a really interesting year. And I know he's coming off of a terrible outing his last time out. We talked about there in the last segment. But Alexis Diaz is my honorable mention when we're talking about the pitchers of the first half. Uh, in 32 games, Diaz has put up 33 and a third innings pitched. Uh, in those innings, he's nailed down three saves. For those of you that the save statistic still matters to, uh, he struck out 43 great number in 33 innings, but he's also walked 20 and that's where he has room for continued growth and continued development. He has to get that walk rate down, has to eliminate those free passes. You know, as our buddy Cam Miller always uh, tweets out when there's a walk, walks will haunt the old riverfront stadium animation that uh, is very, very true uh, then. And it's very, very true now. Uh, Alexis Diaz has to get that walk rate down. He has to strike out more guys. And I think that he could be the high leverage guy for this bullpen moving forward if he's able to do that. Now, I'm not a big fan of the closer designation. Uh, I would like to see Hunter Strickland gone. I really would like to see nobody have a closer designation for the Cincinnati Reds. Bullpen by committee, you know, closer by committee, whatever you want to call it. I really want Diaz to be the primary guy in high leverage situations. If David Bell deems that the, the best use of Diaz is in the sixth, in the seventh, in the eighth, if the situation warns it, you use him. You shoot that bullet. You make him your number one high leverage guy. Now, if you don't need him and he can be the, the closer for the day in that situation, bring him in in the ninth inning to kind of nail it down, I'm all for that too. But I want to see the Reds use him that way for the rest of the season moving forward. He's going to have bad outings. There's going to be times he doesn't get the job done in those situations. And I'm okay with that. This team is not going to the playoffs. But what I would like to see happen is for Diaz to get those opportunities, to get used to pitching in those high leverage, high stress situations, to be able to come in at any point in the game and be used to being the number one guy, the go-to man out of that bullpen to, to snuff out a rally, to shut down the opponent, get him used to that, get him trained in that way so that he is your guy in 2023 and beyond. We keep talking about 2024 being the year where things start to turn and the ship gets right here in Cincinnati. And some of that work starts right now with guys like Diaz. I want him to be so comfortable in that role by the time we get to 2023, by the time we get to 2024, that, that you can really pencil him in as your guy and count on him. And with uh, the return of guys like Lucas Sims and hopefully TJ Antone, there's going to be quite a package of arms out there in the bullpen that can come in and shut down an opponent. And I'm really looking forward to the day that that's what the Reds have out there in the bullpen versus the Hunter Stricklands of the world. You know, Diaz is a rookie. He's going to continue to learn, but he can be a valuable bullpen arm in that scenario. 
Uh, it's a safe bet that there will be tons of growing pains in the second half of this season as the Reds trade away uh, the players of today to be better for the future. And if you want to know about lots of other bets, uh, you can make your way over to betonline.net right now. Betonline.net is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports information. You can find the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including the 2022 Major League Baseball season. They are getting you set with all of the futures action for the upcoming NFL season. Make sure you put some money on the Bengals to win the AFC North. Hooday! Because they are going to win that division. Uh, you can also put down... Uh, some money on MMA, UFC, boxing. They have all of the fighting news. And, you know, boxing is, is continuing to, to have a little bit of a resurgence. I love some good boxing. Uh, Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and much, much more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline.net. It's where the game starts. Make sure you are following us on Twitter. You can follow me at S. Offenbaker. It's right there on the screen with two Fs. Uh, you can follow my co-host Jeff Carr. That's Jeff with three Fs. And you can follow the show at Locked on Reds. Also, again, make sure you are subscribed on our YouTube feed. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the hitter of the first half. And again, low-hanging fruit, kind of the easy pick, is all-star snub Brandon Drury. Uh, listen to his, his slash line right now. is 278, 336, 528. He has 18 home runs and 52 runs batted in and all of that in 81 games, exactly half of a season. Uh, that's all good for a 1.7 wins above replacement and a whopping 129 OPS plus. That means he's basically playing about 30% better than league average right now. And I think that that's why, uh, you know, it's, it's shocking. This guy was an afterthought. He was brought into this team to provide a little bit of debt maybe play just a little bit and, you know, fill in from when guys needed time off. And he has become what I really believe should have been an all-star for the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, not bad at all. And that <laughs> that's the reason why Nick crawl absolutely has to trade him. Uh, his value is never going to be higher than it is right now. Uh, he can help another team in the league make a postseason push this season. And the reds in return are going to get some valuable prospects, some valuable guys that will help this team be better in the future. Because let's face it. Uh, Brandon Drury is not part of the long-term plan or the long-term solution for the Cincinnati reds. Now for the, for the crowd out there that wants to sign Brandon Drury to an extension, think about what happened with guys like Derek Dietrich and Scooter Jeanette, who had really period, big periods of being hot and then completely disappeared and fell off the face of the earth. We don't want that here. We don't want to keep Brandon Drury around and get nothing for him. Uh, you know, prior to this season, his highest OPS plus was 110 for the Mets in about 50 games played. He's never really he's never really been a starter anywhere for an extended period of time. So you may be saying, well, he's a starter now and look what he's doing. He's going to be 30 years old next season. By the time that the Reds youth movement arrives and they're going to be good, you know, Brandon Drury will be heavily in decline. There is really no good reason to keep him around except oh, we like him. And, well, you know, the Reds are going to lose anyway, whether they keep him or not. If they keep him and sign him to an extension, they're still going to probably finish dead last in the National League Central this year. They're probably going to struggle and maybe be in the middle of the pack in the National League Central next year. 
And then when the help arrives in 2024, Brandon Drury will be just taking up space and the Reds will have gotten nothing. So you trade him now, trade him high, get whatever you can. The Giants are interested in Brandon Drury. The Los Angeles Dodgers are interested in Brandon Drury. Nick Crawl absolutely has to move him and move him as soon as possible. Uh, nothing against Brandon Drury. I like him. He's been valuable for this team. He's been an exciting bright spot in an otherwise abysmal first half for this team. And I am so glad that the Reds had him around, but I also will be very happy to see what we get in return for him when we trade him away. Uh, I'm going to do an honorable mention here as well for the hitter of the first half. And that guy is catcher Tyler Stevenson. Yes, I said catcher. I know there's a bunch of you that want to bash me over the head because I still believe ultimately the best move for Tyler Stevenson is to move him to another position like first base. But right now he has a 129 OPS plus and a wins above replacement of 1.8. He's one of the best catchers in the league. Listen to his slash line. 319, 372, 482. Yet yeah, let me say that again. 319, 372, 482. He should be an all-star now. And I think if not for the two separate stints on the injured list, one from the concussion and one from taking that foul ball to his hand that he didn't tuck away, uh, I think he would be an all-star right now. Tyler Stevenson has made it crystal clear why the Reds chose to let Tucker Barnhart go and make Stevenson the catcher at number one on this team. Uh, I have said it, and I will continue to say it, that ultimately for his long-term availability and viability and contribution to this lineup, I'd like to see him get a lot of time at first base once Joey Votto leaves. And I'd like to see him get time at designated hitter to protect his legs and just keep him in the lineup. But right now he needs to be the catcher because I mean, as we have seen, there is nobody else. Uh, Colesberry has had time behind the plate. Papirski has had time behind the plate. Uh, Aramis Garcia and his whopping uh, six spring training home runs has had a lot of time behind the plate. None of those guys have delivered anywhere remotely close to what Tyler Stevenson brings to this lineup. It's a whole different lineup when he's in the game. Uh, for the second half, what I'm looking for out of him is I'm looking for him to be healthy. I want to see him in this lineup as much as possible moving forward in the second half. I'd like to see him continue to build upon what he has done uh, in this front half, even though it has been uh, kind of uh, derailed a couple times by those injuries. If he can keep his OPS plus at around 30% above leave average, that's amazing. If he can continue to, to grow out his, his war, you know, maybe we're looking at a two war season out of Tyler Stevenson at the catcher position. And I am here for it. Uh, I think the big takeaway there is Tyler Stevenson and his future in Cincinnati is bright. No matter what position the reds ultimately decide they need him to play, but that's a conversation for another day. And I think that's probably a great spot to go ahead and wrap up this edition of the locked on reds podcast. Again, coming up on the next episode, Jeff is going to get you caught up on all the players that the Cincinnati reds picked in last night's major league baseball draft. He's on also going to get you set for La Piedra one more time as Luis Castillo represents the reds in the all-star game out in Los Angeles. Thanks for making Locked on Reds your first listen. Now make the Locked on MLB Prospects podcast your second listen. Lindsey Crosby gives you a daily look at the stars of tomorrow and has the upcoming uh, or the now just recently completed Major League Baseball draft covered. If you missed out on what some of the other teams have done and you want to get caught up, head over there and check out the Locked on MLB Prospects podcast. Uh, just like the Locked on Reds podcast, it's free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. 
that's going to do it for me today. Uh, make sure you check your podcasting feeds throughout the week. We will keep you updated uh, with any breaking news, and we will be in your podcasting feeds because we are locked on Reds every single day. We'll talk to you tomorrow.